I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Our guest this week is toy designer and artist, Rokum. He's the man behind the vinyl toy, Death Jaguar. He's a designer at Razor. And you've seen some of his work as Comic-Con exclusives at the Hasbro booth. And he's here today to tell us a thing or two about third-party Transformers, something that I'm super interested in and I don't know much about. So, Rokum, did you buy any toys this week? Uh, yes, I did, actually. Um, so, I, I also I got a new car recently. So I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, I, I did this. Collecting has to get reeled back. Got to make those monthly payments. And then on Saturday, I went to Frankenstein's. So if anyone knows, a uh, huge collectible show in city industry every Wednesday and Saturday. And I was like, it's fine. I'm going to go. I, I walked out with a bag of like SH Figure Arts King Kong, which is so hard to find these days. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Bandai King Kong. It's I think it's based on the, the Peter Jackson one. Um, such a cool, any, any gorilla, like monster figure, any Godzilla type stuff, um, picked up that Mafex made a new Robocop, which is incredible. Uh, I grabbed one of those. Um, I actually, I got a couple of WWE figures of the cane that I've been looking for forever. Oh, of course, no way. You get, how a, much did you get dude, for it? So 35. That's not bad. $10 over, I think. Cause those are what? 25 bucks now or 20. Yeah. yeah. So I was stoked on that. And then this guy. I shouldn't take you there because it's just elite. Like he has a full booth of elite figures and, um, talking to him, I was like, Oh, do you have a, do you have a, a Kevin Nash? And then he's like, Oh yeah, we have the ringside exclusive and I'll oh, get this too. You know, it's just, <laughs> it snowballs. You know, you meet these guys that just have all the stuff you missed and it can get dangerous, but Frankenstein's is such a interesting place. It is. Like I haven't yeah. been in a couple of years, but I used to go up there all the time. And I've been going for God, probably 20 years now. Wow. It's such a weird, like, unique place yes. for Los Angeles. It, it, it is in just being a place yeah. in general because I liken it to when people ask about it, I tell them, what's your favorite part of a comic convention or comic con? And if they talk about all those toy booths and, like, the dealers, I'm like, imagine that side of the convention in a building every Wednesday and Saturday. And just that's what it is. Yeah, it's a giant warehouse in an industrial area outside of Los Angeles. And it's just filled with mainly toy vendors, some right. comic book and baseball card. Right. There it is started, I think, as a baseball card or sports Yeah, more card sports show memorabilia. Yeah. Years ago. And now it's mainly toys. Most of the floor, yeah, is toys. And it's, it's ebbed and flowed over the years of like what kind of stuff you can get there and like who the dealers are and stuff like that. And for a long time, it was very fueled by scalpers. But I feel like nowadays, there's a lot more like dealers there that are legit dealers. Yeah, and they're getting get direct a good shipments price on yeah. things. Or it's um, it's I mean, a lot of people there they're not as much hustlers of like, oh, these are hot. We're gonna buy them in loads and move them. It's dudes that have booths buy. You know, they get high on their own supply. Like these are guys that can connect to the customer and be like. I, I know you really care about this. I'll give you a deal. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people that blame Frank and Sons for not being able to for, find stuff in Southern California. Right. That like right. it's just like fueled the scalper market. Right. But I don't know how true that actually is. Honestly, I liken that to just the idea of scalping, especially when people talk about that. They mean the figures they go to a Target and they can't find. They can't find at a Walgreens. Like, and so when it's those figures. 
an eBay scalper after fees, that dude's making $5. Yeah. Maybe. That's always the saddest part to me about scalping on eBay. Whenever I look at it, I'm yeah. like, man, your profit, your margin profit it's is really low. Trash. <laughs> the amount of work you had to do to go get this toy <laughs> was probably five bucks. Right. If I drove to a Target to get in a, like an amiibo or an action figure to sell, that's five bucks on the gas that I spent. Right. Yep. It's and just not even worth it. At you that being point. the guy in line waiting for doors to open. So I see it as like, I'll pay you $5 to do all that. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's a convenience fee. Yeah. And, and so for people that do get their five bucks, I feel bad for you. You know, and I feel good that I, I got my figure, you know? So yeah, it's, Frankenstein's it's not used to be a lot shadier. Like, oh, I mean, no, I'm sure. The one time Between I was there, it, vendors too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It felt like a circus when I was there. It, it really felt like going into like a major city, and you see a guy with like five DVDs that aren't out. <laughs> and he's like, "Do you want to see the Kevin Hart movie that'll be in the theater in five weeks? The DVD might not work, or it might be German porn, but I've got it." And like everyone there felt like they were just like hiding something. You'd go up and say hi, and they were like, "Don't ask if we're a real business. Just buy your thing and move on." I, it was like I, Mos Eisley Spaceport. Dude, I love how well that analogy works because there's people that will get Marvel Legends figures from Hong Kong Direct and get it before Walgreens gets it. And I'm like, how is this out? And I'm like, is it bootleg? And it, it's the real deal. It's just it doesn't have the Walgreens sticker yet. It Back came from the, someone uh, that got it. When the Phantom Menace figures first came uh-huh. out in uh, 99, like – it was a major deal not to break the street, street date yeah, oh yeah. because the figures contained tons of spoilers. Like, oh, Because this was in, Characters like, the early days of film on the internet and sure. you, the whole plot of the movie wasn't, like, readily available. Uh-huh, yeah. And you still found out things when you went to the theater. Just what a weird experience. Even, like, yeah. even like <laughs> Jabba the Hutt being in the movie was supposed to be a surprise and stuff like right, that. Right. So. They uh, the street dates were very very strict, and you could go to Frank and Sons six months before that movie See the whole came line, out, yeah. and the whole line was on sale there. And I don't know how they got them, right? But yeah, you know what's funny is conversely, now toy lines come out, and I'll see a vehicle or something. I'm like. Oh, man, I didn't know that would be in the movie. Nowhere in the movie. It's just a thing they made. I was going to say, I would love it if the like the first, I guess now it isn't the first because we have the title, Avengers Infinity War, that trailer was 80% footage that wasn't in the movie. I oh, would love, I love if it, that, yeah. I would love if a toy line did the same thing, if like oh. Funko just dropped a bunch of like deep cut Marvel characters and everyone was like, oh, man, these are all going to be century oh. is going to be in Avengers four. And he just isn't right. Right. <laughs> they just, and then, but you still get your figure that you were missing, you which know, would be awesome. that you like. Yeah. I mean, that's how they do legends. Yeah. Yeah. They just throw in some deep cut comic books with like, Oh, and here's your movie figures. And it works yeah. right. Yeah. I think it's good. I uh, Blake, you buy any toys this week? I did. I actually had, well, I bought them a while ago. I had pre-ordered stuff and they arrived yesterday and I was like a kid on Christmas. <laughs> Because what it was, was I had gotten the uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Collector's Edition video game for the Switch. And with it, I bought the first three-wave of Amiibo, which is something I thought I was done with, and I'm not. <laughs> not now. Four, right. Well, four yeah. years ago, they released these. And I'm always on the hunt for good video game statues or figures. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like enough exists. There's the world of Nintendo Jack's figures. Right. NECA's done a few good. Like, they've got a God of War one coming out that I need. 
Uh, and outside of that, like, there's some Assassin's Creed stuff, but it's also the games I want. I got the uh, the Inkling Girl from Splatoon, Ridley from Metroid, and Wolf from Star Fox. It's these three amiibo, and I had all of them. It was the first time I had completed a full set of figures. In one swoop. Every yeah. Super Smash Brothers figure from this last game, and I was like, I'm good. I'm out. And then they released this game and an onslaught of more characters, mm. and they kept the base that keeps the amiibo like uniform to the series, right? Identical. So now and I need to get yeah, them on my set. It needs to complete. match your set. Yeah. So, you, so are you all in with the new amiibos? I love them. These things from day one have just gotten better and better. Like you can really watch the paint job, the detail. One thing that Super Smash Brothers as a series has always done really well is just make good looking character models. There's like a, a for the universe as a whole too, like yeah. tying them together so they look good together. That's the then the yeah. crazy part about it is they'll make like the best Pac-Man or be, like a better Sonic the Hedgehog than Sega's made in years. Yeah, and not only is it better than what they've done, it fits in with Ridley, Metroid, Game and Watch, Pikachu. So to then have these toys that reflect that is incredible. They're detailed. The paint job is always good, but these three are a perfect example of that because the Splatoon girl is so it's bright di- it's different, yeah. and colorful and neon and like the most like Nickelodeon 90s of video game can get. Right. And then there's this giant purple dinosaur, Ridley, who's just th- this like John Carpenter monster that looks incredible. And, and they the, can stand next to each other. And they sit next to each other yeah. and look great, but it was the best. Like I was like in love when I opened them. And I didn't know which one I liked more because one looked like – a Nickelodeon cartoon come to life, and the other was this hyper detailed right, it's dinosaur. Just a great creature, like yeah. figure. Yeah. Oh, they're gorgeous! I'm so excited. There's a piranha plant one now, and King K. Rule, and that's the comfort of a, a series like Amiibo or Funko Pop, where that's the addiction of you know it's going to fit with the other stuff. Yeah. So it's so easy to buy into that because with anyone like me that's collecting either Transformers, one twelve scale figures, like. I mean, you ask anyone that's a fan of both DC and Marvel, you can't combine those collections. The scales are always all over the place. Like, there's no Superman figure that's going to stand next to a Cyclops or something, and they'll look right. One of the main reasons I wanted to have you on was to talk about third-party Transformers. And because uh, I am fascinated by this. Excellent. And I, I know nothing about okay, it. Yeah, I was going to say, this is going to be a hyper-educational episode okay. for me. Because I, when he said it, I was right. like, oh, you mean like Voltron? And like, oh, how Transformers funny. Yeah, 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 right. One of those Other things, robots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things I didn't know existed okay. until a couple of years ago, okay. even though it's been around me yeah, I think, forever. Sure, sure. Because the companies have been out, at least. Right. What third-party toys are is when the maker, let's say a Hasbro or a Mattel, um, they're putting out a line of figures, whether it's Master Universe uh, or if it's uh, Playmates with Turtles. We're As fans, we're always like, why didn't they make figure of this? Where's my toy of that? So these third-party companies fill the void of these characters that are missing from collections because um, as toy makers that are in the mainstream, you have to kind of hedge your bets on popular characters. It's why with Star Wars, we've seen so many human characters that we don't want to collect because they're like, well, these are the ones they're seeing on TV. They probably want these, right? When all of us just want droids and aliens, you know? And so 
third party companies fill that void of like, oh, you're not making that, we will. And so um, with Transformers, it started in 2006 where it was actually upgrade kits. So there's a company called Fans Project. They'd make little resin pieces to essentially have your Hasbro Transformers look even cooler. So they'll make a head sculpt that feels a little bit more cartoon or maybe more like the IDW comics or something. And so you can take your toy you got from Rest in Peace Toys R Us, uh, Target or wherever, and you can change the hands out so they have moving digits. You can put bigger feet on so it stands better. So like these companies will wait for the toys to come out. They see what's wrong with them and they put out the fix it kit. And so you're, you're getting your toys and then you're making them even cooler for the shelf. And so that's how that started with Fans Project. Then Fans Project was like, you know, this is going really good. People are getting theirs. They're, they're amping up their toys. Um, let's put out some characters we haven't seen. And so I think a Springer was the first that came out. That's like this green helicopter guy from the 1980s uh, Transformers movie, uh, the cartoon movie. Um, and just to be clear, yeah. these are not licensed. Yes, they they... Yes, they are these not are licensed. Technically illegal. Yeah, these are things that you're lucky if you have one because uh, you're in the. If you're in the states, it's amazing that you have it because they won't sell at a retailer. They're they're ones that get shipped in through people that have wholesale accounts with Hong Kong companies or uh, Chinese or or some Japanese companies. I think most of them are are Chinese based, um, but the for Transformers. Uh, that's like taking your plastic Hasbro Transformers and making them even cooler with these add-ons. But then Hasbro unveils the Masterpiece line. And this is where they're using metal parts, really high-end materials to really bring the cartoon style character to life. And the normal plastic toys that are in Targets do that, but... The Masterpiece series is like, okay, here's the adult collector one. This is the one where someone's going to pay 150 bucks. They're going to pay up to $200 to get their Transformer, which transforms amazingly. And in robot form, it's going to just look like the cartoon, like impeccable. So uh, I brought a bunch of different things. So this is what you call Masterpiece scale, the, the things that I brought for you guys to check out. Um, and for anyone listening, like you Google masterpiece transformers and you'll you'll get an idea of what this is and the main thing is the scale you want them to work with each other and so masterpiece has kind of the size ratio that will be great on the shelf altogether gotcha so like i have actually a mix here of masterpiece when masterpiece was released it was a takara tomi which is the japanese brand of hasbro where hasbro they wait to see what they're going to make they bring that over to the u.s change the colors a little bit and then release it so can you guys guess how many third party are out here versus uh, like which one of these do you think is um, a Takara Tomy one? Like and a, a, there is official toys out here. So okay. which one do you think Scout is official? Down. We have six Transformers. Right, there. right. So we have we have two Ravage figures here, which is a cassette that comes out of Soundwave. We have a Soundwave. We have a Sharkticon, which is kind of a henchman figure. Uh from the cartoon movie in the 80s. We have a Starscream and a Jazz. This mm. is very difficult. Right. So, so, I mean, even in us pausing I right now... I think... Yeah, yeah. The sound wave that Justin's holding is probably the third... One of the third-party ones. Okay. And then, Justin, what do you think for that sound wave? I'm going to say 
the same about the sound wave. Okay. You think that's third party? I think the sound wave is third party. Okay. I think I think jazz is Hasbro. Okay. This is exactly what third party is meant to do. It's meant to seamlessly transition into your masterpiece collection. You don't want to be able to tell, like, is that, did they make that? Because it has to pass for it and, and work on the shelf together. Right. So this Soundwave is an uh, official Hasbro release. This is a Toys huh. R Us exclusive. And that's how great this figure is. It's a perfect representation. The Jazz is a third-party figure. Wow. And it's, it's a sticker decal that I just put in that spot. So these won't be released with the logos. You have to get little stickers and add them on there. Huh. Uh, and if you look at Starscream, there's no Decepticon emblem because I haven't got anything for that. Ah. And that is a third-party figure. I knew there would be some sort of like... Yeah, something that's hook. off a little <laughs> bit for it. Um, and I think this is really interesting too. Like uh, Ocular Max is a company somewhere. that made this Ravage. Uh, which is, it's a cassette that is in this character sound wave, which is a boom box uh, in G1 Transformers. And the tape turns into like a little uh, Jaguar type character. So because it's a tape that has to fit into his chest, mm-hmm. um, this is the Hasbro release. But when you have a Jaguar in scale with this guy, it doesn't look right. But this is what you'd want in your display shelf, you know? Yeah. Like that looks so great as a setup. So it's interesting because it's where the scale thing really comes in with third party. They're like, I don't like how that looks on my shelf. I, we want the right one. And we know fans would want the smaller one. I mean, for reference for our listeners is Mm -hmm. it almost looks like a McDonald's (laughs) hot wheels toy. Like it's small. It looks good, but it's small. It's quaint. It would fit in with like a three and three fourths. Right, Kinder right. Star yeah. Wars figure. Where if the you other put a GI Joe next to this, it would look right. It would make an sense. 80's Joe, yeah. yeah, where the other one does, it fits in. It feels masterpiece. It feels, yeah. You know, it's sized up right. It, it feels like it's built more for show than it is for function. Where the other one was like, oh, it's an accessory that came with it. Uh-huh. It's meant to it fold up in and the get chest. in there. Yeah, yeah. Which, if you're a kid, is what I want. It's the play. Yeah, to be fair, if I'm a kid, I want both. I want them in the chest <laughs> and I want them big. Right, right. About this one. <laughs> totally. So, so the Shark Tacon. You know, even me just saying that, like, it's something that Hasbro doesn't have time or Takara isn't going to spend time on a Shark Takan mm-hmm. with this much detail and, like, perfect styling because who knows what that is? It's people that loved that 1986 release of the cartoon movie. And this was in a couple of scenes, bit really cool bitchin' scenes. Um, and so this is something you get in a three pack because they were, like, hordes of these piranha things. Mm-hmm. And so you could kind of collect a bunch. So... Um, I forget the company on this, but it kind of shows when there's a masterpiece scale thing that's not being made, these other companies are jumping in. Yeah, and it's so not awesome. two or three companies. There's like dozens of companies that try to one-up each other. Great. Like th- this, star- there is a masterpiece Starscream, and it's the same scale as this guy. Uh, this is made by Make Toys is the company. Um, so... People, when they got their Hasbro Starscream, the main thing that they were bummed out with was all this was locked up. And they're like, he can't move at the waist. So Make Toys made one that has a waist rotation. And and that alone made people like, yes, I could get all those poses that I want. Oh, that's great. And that's how how they kind of win it. Um, And with dozens of companies doing third-party stuff, you see the competition in a sense of, Okay, you guys released that star screen, but we're gonna one up you. And we think like this looks so cartoon, it looks a little too simple. We're gonna make one that looks like the IDW comic. 
and it's beefier and it has more paint added to it or something. And so you could kind of pick and choose, but most people go for G1 look, which is the 80s cartoon right. look. For a long time, I had a problem buying third party just yes. because like yep. in my like OCD brain, the like same I thing. didn't yep. want to put third party stuff with yes. traditional release toys. Um, but how did you hear about third party Transformers? I didn't know about the third party toy, like in oh the toy market at as, all. Oh, cool! And then what ended okay. up happening was uh, I bought a third party toy. Ah. Uh, I think about four or five years ago, okay. there was this crane. Yes, dude, I have it. Yeah, that's it has I, metal parts, yeah, right, and exactly. the light up torso. Yep. If you guys don't know what this thing is, it's incredible for. Um, Turtles collectors. Yep. You know, the, the Krang robot is a, a piece that I think the toy nailed it in the 80s. That toy is really classic and great. Mm-hmm. This is just like this modernized, not modernized to where you're like, did Michael Bay touch this? Right. But you're like, oh, the NECA figures will work with this. And it has the, the light up uh, stomach where the Krang brain is like in there lit up like this is awesome metal pieces i just looked up a few photos of it it was just like oh i have to have yes because it's flawless it's It's so cool and playmates is never gonna make this yep and yeah so that was casey jones we've needed a casey jones figure i mean beyond the new cartoon that came out but for NECA creating cool turtles figures every san diego comic-con and we haven't gotten a cool casey jones yet you know I still want that get that classic turtles line that they put out. It was just the, the four foot Rocksteady and uh, Bebop. I don't know why that took so long. Oh, to come oh, to me. yeah, the, the taller classics, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, those were great. And I'm still like, give me a foot soldier, give me Shredder. So he was buying from playmates in. that made me buy that crank. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember we were talking about that in oh, your apartment. Oh, that scale. Once. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like perfect scale wise. Yeah, but it's they not look right there. Fantastic. The NECA ones are right in there with it. Have you guys seen the Bandai Turtles? Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are those are like insane. I had just bought the Playmates ones when those uh, Bandai oh, ones oh, came yeah, out, yeah. so I couldn't really justify it. But I feel like I may go back at some point. The Bandai ones were over ordered by everyone, so they're always on clearance, which is crazy. You know, so you can get each figure for forty bucks, which is insane. Oh, that's great. Like that. Yeah. So how did you get into third-party Transformers? So in the same way that you guys kind of stayed away from it, I did too because the quality wasn't there. Like I, I said how there were these upgrade kits for fixing kind of your plastic uh, Target bought Transformers. I'd get in that here and there because, yeah, the head sculpt wasn't right and you're kind of amping up something. But when these figures would come out, there was something off. Like it wouldn't sit on the shelf with it. Like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, the face isn't right or or that scale. He's a little too short for how he should be. And the tables are turned now from at least like four years ago or so. Uh, the versions of the characters they're coming out with are just like the, because first of all, Takara told me the engineers they have to make a great standing robot that can turn into a flawless car or a jet. Insane. And for them to, to do that and both versions are flawless. It's, it's something that, I don't, I can see a third party company getting that right. And that was always the thing, the transformation, something might snag and like, ah, every time I fold this in, it scratches or something, you know, you don't want that in your toys. But lately, um, people are ditching some of their Hasbro versions, like the Starscream. They're taking that one that Hasbro released or Takara released and replacing it with the make toys version. And, um, so for me, it started with masterpiece 
you know, you see the target. I think it was an Optimus Prime that Toys R Us put out and it's very hard to find. You know, when those were on the shelf, they get snatched up. And I think resale value immediately went from in stores. They were, they started at one, 120 or so jumped to 160, even in store and online at least 400, $500 um, for something that you would see in the sound wave scale, this masterpiece scale. So I got that. And then in that same stubbornness of like, I'm not going to get third party. It's something off about it. It's weird, you know? And the prices were, were big too, 120, 150 bucks. Uh, but then you see these things come out. You see Grimlock, great character, the, the T-Rex robot, you know? Yeah. And, um, so Hasbro releases it. This is a T-Rex. It's gotta, it's gotta be huge. It's gotta like kind of tower over the other robots. And it didn't. It was kind of just in there with Optimus, and he should be so big. So one of the leading Transformers third-party companies for quality is Fans Toys. These guys nail it in styling, scale, price point. Price point, not always. They can be <laughs> expensive. But they released a Grimlock that's just, the scale is perfect. And they released all the other Dinobots. I feel like it's like fake meat. I'm a vegetarian and everyone's always like, oh, have this like fake faux chicken or right. fake burger or sure. whatever. And it's never good. It's always bad. And then finally they made the impossible burger. Yep, and I yep. was in Vegas at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant and right. was like, well, now, now we're here. Yeah. Now I don't even feel embarrassed saying <laughs> yeah, fake meat right, because right. this is just a one-to-one ratio. Yeah. Yep. It's almost better. Yep. I agree. And I feel the same way actually about vegetarian food. It's, it's funny. It's like, uh, give me a fresh vegetable dish. Don't, don't try and fake something oh, else. You yeah. Know? I was a vegetarian for a few years mm -hmm. and one of the things that turned me off of it was like, I just want vegetables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want like well, fake the... chicken wings. I want vegetables. <laughs> I can completely derail this for a long time. I taught myself how to cook over the last like two years. And uh -huh. now when I go to restaurants and they're like, do you want like fake tofu chicken meat? And I'm like, right. no, I made four gallons of vegetable chili the other day that has all the protein and calories that I need. Right, right. Just have that on your menu. It uh -huh. took me 20 minutes. Right. Cut up three zucchinis and put some tomato sauce on it. Right, right. And call right. it a day. Yeah. So Starscream is the vegetarian chili. <laughs> of, I don't know. I don't know, folks. I don't know. No, <laughs> I think it's a perfect <laughs> segue. But you mentioned, kind of getting us back on track, this is something I'm very curious about. You mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, these are basically illegal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. The, these are things that that aren't sanctioned by Hasbro or, or Takara. Um, these are things that are being definitely, they're companies, you know, right. have, that have engineering teams working on them. And, um, I don't, I don't know what it is that, that they don't get shut down about them or, or why it flies free. I think there's something about it that they don't use any names, which is hilarious because uh, third party Grimlock's called Grinder. That was going to be my question was on the packaging. Is yeah. that how they get away with There's it? There's no you Autobot Decepticon logos. So even in a sense of it being a product, it'll look like that cartoon figure, um, but it won't have any of the labeling or names. There'll be a funny story maybe about the character. Um, one of my favorites of the third parties are the Junkions, which was this junk planet. Uh, in the cartoon film. And so these are guys that could essentially like get their arm blown off and they just grab some parts and stick them on and they can move and go. And they're kind of like a biker road gang almost. They're styling. Um, so Hasbro, Hasbro's done those in the plastic toys for Target and stuff, but masterpiece scale, it seems like too weird of a, of a catch mm -hmm. to do. Um, but this third party company called, it's called KFC of all names. And uh, that stands for Keith's Fantasy Club. <laughs> 
of, of all names. You know, like it definitely you know, doesn't sound like a toy. Well, a different kind of toy company, probably, right? No, if um, you stay under the radar. Right, right. It's like in Jingle All the Way when they're making the fake right. toys. It's like they're not it's... making Transformers. Yeah. You know, Keith's Fantasy Club. But he, <laughs> KFC Toys, they made uh, the Junkions. They made uh, two different ones. You could turn one into a, a motorcycle so the other one can actually ride on it. And I think they're even making more down the road where chest pieces can move out. They have pegs all over these things. So you could, it's like attaching junk to it. You know, you put a wheel here, there, and you can almost customize across the board. So they're making more of these down the road so you could keep customizing. And so I'm pretty excited about that. But at this point, are you buying more third party transformers than Hasbro? Yeah, because the releases uh, are so few far between. And, um, there, yeah, because the scheduling is more on point with dozens of companies doing them. There's going to be every month. There's going to be some figure where you're like, "Yep, they nailed it on this one. I got to get it." So, how do you buy these? Frankenstein's. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the spot. There it it all go. circles back. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. There's uh, two really great. Uh, well, no, mainly one. Um, I'll, I'll give them a shout out because they they take care of me. But Toy Arena. At Frankensons, they they kill it in third party transformers. Like, they get them in. You bigbadtoystore.com has all of them. Uh, once you see it on their site, Toy Arena has it. And um, and so another thing with all these companies, they they're not even competing with Hasbro because Hasbro's not making it. They're competing with each other. So you'll see someone put out, um, you know, a Grimlock figure. Like Fans Toys puts out Grimlock right after that comes out. Like a week later, you see a company announcing their Grimlock, <laughs> and they're like, "We want up to you." You know, there's there's a huge character called Omega Supreme. He's just giant. He's like almost like a city. Um, and Fans Toys, they made it's so big they had to make him in two parts. So you buy one giant box that's like the bottom part of his torso, and another <laughs> awesome. giant box that's the top. So it's like, who wants to buy these separately? You know, like I got his legs, I got away for the rest. Um, so another company made one in the same scale, way cheaper and looks much more cartoon accurate. So they essentially blew them out of the water. You know, everyone's going to get the other companies. So it's, it's fun seeing like the competition, keeping the quality of these up. The next Optimus masterpiece, that's another thing. When they see things kind of being older, they'll refresh a character. They'll keep their Megatron supreme perfect. They'll keep Optimus awesome. The last one I thought was perfect. They have a new one. The price point on it is $450. It's a bit steep for me. But <laughs> it's insane. It's you know, a, you, you buy giant statues from yeah. you know, Gentle Giant for that money. Um, so I, I think it could be a reflection of just how bad things are for, for Hasbro right now. Um, but uh, it's also showing... I think they're testing. They're like, will people buy this? Because it is, it's a better Optimus Prime figure. It looks so cartoon accurate, but um, I think it's just asking for third-party companies to match them or make something better. So after being a lifelong Transformer fan, Mm -hmm. you got to design a piece of actual licensed Transformer. I did just this last year, yeah. It was a Comic-Con exclusive. And uh, even more, being a Comic-Con attendee for so long, that was a huge honor. Um, uh, yeah, so I design, um, I'm the art director at Razor, so the scooter company. And so it's saying toy designer, people always immediately think action figure statues. And so it's and right on. Too, so but you do, I, I do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Personally. Right. So I have my own vinyl toys, um, that, that I've released. Um, 
but yeah, it was an honor, like meeting up with Hasbro. That was, that was a great meeting to sit in where you're like, I'm like, Oh, I know these guys. And so we're shooting lingo out and they're like, Oh, this guy knows his stuff. Hasbro's really cool in a sense of, I mean, we're essentially a competitor, you know, they make their own uh, go-karts and, and ride on toys, but that scooter was more of a symbolic kind of thing. Like, Hey, this, this is showing like a new, a new way for Hasbro to go um, in terms of licensing. And so we made an all yellow classic uh, folding scooter and it sold out the, the second day. Yeah. Like it was two really hours cool. into the second day. I remember seeing it and just being, I mean, cause I grew up, like I was a big skateboarder and when razors, I was the right age when razor scooters first showed up right. when it was like the it toy to, to not hate it. <laughs> yeah. And I just right. was so impressed by it. It was the coolest thing. And I remember seeing that at Kamikata just being like, oh, my God, it's taking this like part of my childhood that I had. I'm not bombarded with by nostalgia. Sure, like yeah, I am right, with, right. you know, Transformers is a lot in a lot of places. Turtles, Nintendo, all these other things I grew up with never really went away. And to see a Razor scooter, which did kind of go away from my childhood. I didn't buy one in high school or in college. Sure, or anything. sure. Yeah. It, but it's probably still in the garage. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right. like. To see that combined with something else that I do love, and I Bumblebee's my favorite Transformer character, I was like, oh, it's gone and I don't have the money for it, (laughs) but I would just... So there's two Love versions it. of that scooter. There's the San Diego one with with the black uh, kind of movie deco on it. But there's a cartoon version that was the Razor.com exclusive. And so I think uh, FAO Schwartz got the rest of those. So right now they have it exclusively. <sighs> So it's it's cool for something I designed to be. I'm like, oh, that's the store with the giant piano from Big. Yeah. God, <laughs> I miss it. So I think about so much. Did they have that in your hometown? In a Old Orchard Mall in Skokie, Illinois, they mm-hmm. had one, and it was just I would go there with my mom and my dad all the time, and they had the big talking tree, and you would just walk That's around. So, it, well, we didn't have anything like that. It was in like California. Going to there was Willy one Wonka. in Vegas. Oh, interesting. So, like, I okay. used to go to that one all the time. Oh, that's and cool. Loved it. And now it's I never had that. That's awesome. I think it's a Starbucks, but but it's reopened now. There is I don't know it is it's Rockefeller yeah. Center, yeah. yeah. So that's where they are. That's where the the rest of those Bumblebee scooters are. Did you know it was going to be a Comic Con exclusive right off the bat? Uh, you know what? I made sure it was. Really? <laughs> yeah, that, that, it was kind of my doing. I I told them that if we do something very limited, something special, uh, we want to see if people care. Like that was the only thing I wanted. We wanted to see, and I'm like there's a guarantee of this thing selling out is at Comic-Con. If Hasbro has this at their booth, people are going to buy it because it was one of the few things that you could click. I can't limit one, you know, a lot of those things it's like limit two, Yeah. but, but for that one's limit one, it just went so fast. So it was a great feeling. That's and, great. and I realized I'm like, Oh, maybe, you know, it might be something we do every year, you know, another character or a different property. Cause and Hasbro's Titans, man, the G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, um, uh, Magic the Gathering, like I all kinds like My of Little stuff. Pony would actually partner really well with, with scooters. So. No, I agree, right totally. I mean, and we make electric Vespas and stuff like yeah. that, like uh, in terms of um, just the bright colors. Yeah, I think Well, because you can do so much with just the color scheme of a character and make something that normally, like, I'm not a My Little Pony fan, but right, I bet right. you could make a It'll dope scooter well. and uh-huh. I'd be like, oh. I want this. <laughs> right, right. Were you like uh, nudging the Hasbro people and being like, you know, I can design Transformers as well as. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm definitely uh, treading lightly. Like, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's funny is though, I've always I've always tried to sneak in like, can we name a new character Rocom? It sounds like <laughs> a robot, you know. Can can we get that maybe? So uh, we'll see one day. When uh, when I worked at Toys R Us in the late '90s and early 2000s, we would ride razors around the store. Uh huh. Yep. Just grab there them were just from tons the yeah. Of them opened up from the boxes. Yep. And, like we were always riding them around. That's and, such a fun part of being in Toys yeah. R Us because customers do it too. Yeah. You tell them yeah. not to, but you and know. then we would also fight with them. We would use them as swords. Of course. <laughs> which is very dangerous. So fun fact: the first Razor commercial was two samurais that extend them yeah. and like and like you know unguard with them essentially. I remember that. <laughs> so yeah. really you guys were pushing that from the start. <laughs> so outside of third party transformers, what else are you collecting these days? Uh that is so tough um, for me because I love so many different uh platforms for toys. Um for for the amiibo stuff I I luckily was able to keep that to Legend of Zelda because I loved those that are on all Switch. Fantastic, yeah, and they're so good, and they work well together and stuff. But but that's kind of dried up. Um, for my main collection for Star Wars, I've completely backed out of Black Series. Um, I'm only doing the Bandai ones because they come out less less often, so I can kind of focus on a really great version of a, of a figure. Um, and All the Star Wars Bandai's that they showed a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, I haven't I seen the new Chinese ones. That's comic, cool. The China Comic Con. Okay. Oh man, like there's a Wicket. Oh um, wow, really? Oh, you check them out. There's that every single one great. of them looked fantastic. Awesome. I mean, for human characters especially is although I will say Black Series, the new human characters are they're really incredible. stepping up. Yeah, the Lando and did you guys post that on your Instagram? I saw the Lando. I might Target. have. Yeah, so I think I think you're some one of you guys did. Um, I picked up the Gamorrean Guard. Uh, yeah, from Target, a which was ago. lacking a little bit. the The first uh, qualities are great. Um, so I, I've been essentially buying more expensive, less often. I'd say with, with the things I collect. Um, that's a good way to go. That's yeah. It's a solid yeah, plan. Right, right. Less stuff, more quality. Um, but the the biggest thing that's really hit my wallet is uh, vinyl toys. Is and not in a sense of Funko Pop or Kid Robot, but like old classic Godzilla stuff. Um, the My Toy Death Jaguar is a tribute to Jet Jaguar, which is from a Godzilla movie. Um, and there's a, a certain sculpt of Godzilla called the Desu Goji. Um, which is the Bernie Godzilla, and um, they've done so many different color variations of the same mold, and which is what makes you want to collect. It's like, oh, another color, like these look great together. But these came out in the '90s, I believe, in, in heavier doses. And um, if you look this thing up, I mean, on eBay, minimum two grand for for some of them, and and some are up there for nine to ten thousand um, dollars. Designer Con just passed. They had Medicom has those molds now where Marmot made the original. That's the company that made the original mold. Medicom has it now. I'm sure you guys know that company because they do oh, effects yeah. and, and a lot of great toys. Um, they had one at Designer Con that, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh, like this is the one I collect. They brought one. 100 bucks. That's how much they're supposed to cost. I think immediately after that, the one that sold on eBay uh, that I saw was like 350 or something, like right away. Um, so that, that's the scariest probably part of my collecting addiction right now. Uh, Transformers has slowed down, thankfully, cause that can really, really, uh, ring up quick. You were saying you recently picked up a RoboCop. 
Oh man, it's so cool. Do you have a lot of RoboCop stuff? I I I don't have a lot of it. I love a lot of it. I um I I guess I, in terms of RoboCops, yes. I had never got like oh, they have the Terminator mishmash one that, like, NECA made. Like, you know, they won't bait me in a sense of, like, (laughs) hey, we made one with no arms, you know? That's hilarious. I might buy that. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, But, you know, NECA's been doing a great job with putting those out. Yeah. Um, NECA's always kind of done this where they're great statues. You might take a NECA figure out and the leg will just break right off when you move it. Yeah. So so that's the only thing. It's like you have to take a a heater or, or, you know, a hairdryer to it. Um, but the Mafex one, which is, I feel like they're so similar to the Bandai quality yeah. of toys and having a Robocop with that articulation. Robocop has these pistons in the back of his feet. So when you move an ankle around that piston moves in and out, like it's incredible. Play Arts huh. Kai did one too. They did like, I just can't get those bigger figures. Can't get into them. Like hot yeah. toys. I can't. Uh, I know you also have an impressive collection of holographic based figures that was recently by luck so uh in was it the 90s or the 80s it was 80s i think yeah yeah. and maybe late 80s 80s. yeah later 80s and uh there there was a time where remember hologram stickers oh yeah yeah just the depth of it the 90s i bought pokemon (laughs) cards everything (laughs) was the hologram right right and even the 90s with the comic books doing the hologram yeah everything was holographic in the 90s right right Zordon was the main part of the power rangers he was a hologram hologram. (laughs) right right but i feel like these like kind of predate that craze they do they do you're right because in terms of comic books and all that it was almost like oh and I feel like before that, it was like, oh, baseball stuff had the little hologram stickers in the corners. Right. Yeah. And then the, they finally, you know, a toy company, gosh, I think it was Tyco. So Tyco uh, made Supernaturals. That was a line where it was it was just a chunk of plastic and in kind of a six-inch figure scale. And the face or the chest was a hologram sticker. And so it created this thing where it's like this magical portal inside the figure. Um they made smaller ones that were just these little reaper shapes. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a hooded cowled, like little three inch figure. And all they did was do color swaps across all the hoods and change out that hologram decal that stuck on there. Um, so not too long ago, I think a year or two ago, um, someone found dead stock. So a guy uh, found just like boxes, just clean. So these are these car, these toys are, you know, from the eighties and the cards get weathered and whatever. And these are just clean. Like mine have like little bends here and there, but I have a full set of those little like Reaper cowled guys. So what you got from the dead stock was like a full case. Yeah. I, I was sent, well, he, this guy found dead stock. So he was putting them into complete collections. Like, gotcha. so he'd grab all the little hooded, uh, small three inch ones and sell them as a pack. And dude, he was moving full sets for like $60. And now, you know, just getting one of those complete in card is 24, 25 bucks. We're not talking big money, but to do a full set that goes into hundreds of dollars. And it's not something you see every day. Either. Right. It's hard to find. And uh, I wish, I wish I brought some of those, uh, with me, but, um, it's so fun. It's like, it's, it's just that sense of like, let's make something weird and see if it sticks, you know, like mad balls or just, uh, boglins, you know, all these, all these different toys we had that were, weren't about tech. They were about making something creative and visually strange or, or different. Um, so how did you come upon finding this guy with the dead stock? 
I th- I think I had remembered the hologram figures. I'm like, man, that stuff is cool. Like, I was just curious, how hard is it to get this stuff? Oh, right. And so my local toy shop is in Fountain Valley. It's called Cape and Cowl Collectibles. Sterling, the owner of that spot, knows everything. Uh, he tipped me off. He's like, oh, I think the, uh, a guy has those. It showed up on eBay. And so I got in at the right time because they're definitely oh, gone, you know. <laughs> so it's just the community of just meeting people that are as crazy as us, you know. Yeah, it. it I, I definitely feel like – I definitely feel like in the last couple of years, especially with like Decon and uh, with all the people making vinyl toys and stuff like that mm-hmm. now, the toy collecting community has grown and shifted in different and like more exciting, fun ways. Like more exci- – like you don't have to – hide your like you don't have to be 40 year old virgin with with all your collectibles tacked to the wall i think you're right uh that well when you see the vendors at different conventions and like just the people the attendees it's like whoa this visually looks so different when i was younger um which it's it's good it's good and and strange you know (laughs) yeah it is it's good and strange i mean i come from the old school i'm gatekeeping culture you just launched a new website I did that. That happened on such a whim. So, so I did create a vinyl toy. Uh, it's called Death Jaguar, and um, making vinyl is not easy. The molds alone will cost you thousands of dollars. So I kickstarted it, and friends and and fans and people that found the toy pitched in, and, and I made goal. So, um, Kwong Lee is the main painter that does customs in my toys and he does just incredible work. So we've been making these things that have released at Decon. They released at New York comic con, these different versions and they didn't really have a home. I get, I get so many direct messages from collectors from overseas, Singapore, Japan, which is the biggest compliment because Godzilla and jet Jaguar, these are, these are Japanese characters, you know? And then I made my version of that and, and to have the culture uh, come back and approve it and want it and want to collect it, like, to me, it's, I don't know if that sounds racist, but <laughs> it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's so um, gratifying. I'd, I'd say it's like if someone from America were a sushi chef and someone from Japan came over and was like, whoa, you know what you're doing? It's that kind of compliment. It feels a little less like cultural appropriation if someone from that culture gives you a thumbs up. <laughs> right, or they're like, make more of this, man, you know? <laughs> and, and it's funny because I feel like locally we're more sensitive to those things than the actual culture is. I, I get a lot of direct messages, and that was the only way I was moving these things. I wanted to be this personal experience of like... um hey, just PayPal me. I'll ship this to you. Like, yeah. I, I want it to be this personal thing. And it got to a point where I'm like, I can't keep doing this spiel to every DM. I have to set up a, a website. So yeah, Rocom Toys is a real website now. And um, the blank versions of my toy, these painted, very limited runs. Like when we do a paint version, it's either a one-off, that's the only version that exists, or there's five made. So um, people have been really, I mean... The prices on my stuff isn't cheap. Like these customs are two hundred to three hundred dollars, and people happily pay it, and it's it's the most gratifying thing. Um, so now that you've made this, are you going to branch out and make more vinyls in the future? Yeah, and I think I'm going to stick with the the crowdfunding platform. Um, it's a way to pre-sell toys. Essentially, people say I do want that. They put their money in. I get the toy made. I already have it going out. So the next one is going to release Valentine's Day. It's um it's 
Henry and Glenn Forever. Have you guys heard of that indie yeah. comic? So Henry and Glenn Forever, I'm friends with Tom Neely. He's a good buddy. Um, and he always wanted toys of his characters. And I'm like, dude, what if we did Japanese robot versions of those characters? And so the sculpt is almost done. And yeah, that launches on Kickstarter um, on Valentine's Day. Nice. February 14th. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm hoping every year there will be a new toy to put out. So, so long as the Kickstarter's fund. So if people are into it, I am. It was really fun, like, seeing your Kickstarter posted in toy groups that don't, like, know you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's your story, man. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, people started passing around. Right. And And you're like, oh, I know him. Yeah. (laughs) See, that's so cool, man. I don't. I like like this figure. You know that? (laughs) Right, right. You're like, I forgot. Yeah, he's doing that. (laughs) Yeah. So at DesignerCon, walking around, because it's Kickstarter, it's so public, I have people going, hey, man, I kicked into that. Like, I love it, you know, and and this is, to me, it was a stranger, you know, but now it's like, oh, dude, you're you're one of the reasons this toy exists, you know. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you and all of your good work? So I am Rocom. On all social media, that's R-O-C-O-M. That's Twitter, Instagram. Facebook is slash I am Rocom. Uh, there's a guy named Mark Rocco or something. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But uh, uh, We're going to get him now. <laughs> that guy, that <laughs> guy beats me to the chase on stuff, though. But I do have Twitter and Instagram, so I, I think I won out on those. Yeah, R-O-C-O-M. And where did the, uh, the Kickstarters live for these incredible toys that you make? So I'll definitely be putting APB out on my next Kickstarter on Instagram, but... Uh, I am Rocom. Uh, R-O-C-O-M is on Kickstarter as well. Um, and then my toy website is RocomToys.com. Awesome. Great. And that's our show, guys. So, of course, leave us five stars on iTunes. Leave us a nice little review. Write one, too. I like reading them. We got like three or four new ones, but they didn't write anything, which is awesome. But I want to read some stuff. Um, you can, of course, email us, people you want us to have on the show, things you want us to talk about, lines you liked, questions, anything you want, really. At how do ya figure podcast at gmail.com. It's how do ya, it's a YA. Uh, we're on Twitter at how do you figure PC and Instagram at how do you figure podcast. And that's that. Oh, there's also another micro brawler I need you to pick up in Chicago. I'm sure there's. Those flights, you know, they're getting cheap. <laughs>